0: That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Hello and welcome to What a Load of Cobblers, Friday Night Lights on the Fountain Town Audio Show. I'm Tom Reed and tonight I'm joined for the first time in ages by Martin Maloney, Ian Brandt, Andy Bodfish, and last but definitely not least, Jefferson Lake. How you doing, guys? You all right? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, all right. Yeah, all
2: good.
1: See, all good. Seems, seems like a long time since we last spoke. Let's go to you first, Andy. You've been out in china commentating on the winter olympics and the paralympics is that right how
3: was it uh yes i have and it was uh work um (laughs) obviously covid hit there big time before we went out there um they did a great job in the circumstances um but it was it was quite a stripped down thing i mean if you like just walking out the hotel getting onto a bus going to your office leaving onto a bus back to the hotel repeat um but yeah it was it was great it was work I'm um I'm, you know sort of lucky to be back working again and it it happened and it was great sport so um all in all it was it was an interesting experience
1: you were living in a travel tavern like um Alan Partridge which not every man gets to do so that's pretty cool
3: It's a travel tavern. It's pretty. Yeah, I was searching for the uh, Colby Trouser Press, um, sort of having a look at how much time you'd be spending in the room. The great thing was the uh, the shop in the hotel where we were staying, because I mean, (laughs) I mean, as we know, China is a a huge sort of globalized place now, uh, big economy, and you know, sort of uh, they they they. They've dragged themselves up to sort of what we regard as um, sort of Western standards in a way. Big office blocks, a lot of money there, occasional Ferrari on the roads. And then you go into the shop in the the hotel and it's kind of like, you know, sort of Chairman Malville. Um, (laughs) You know, low ceilings, big, big shelves with hardly anything on them. Um, So you could buy like a dark chocolate Toblerone. (laughs) <laughs> and um you know a pack of pringles and weirdly um sort of almost an airfix model of a fighter jet yeah um so you could you could buy like models of fighter jets There was a lovely array of <laughs> fighter jets
1: in the shop which was which was interesting <laughs> um
3: that's what you need isn't
1: it you when
3: you're starving hungry you. just uh, a model of like uh, the Eurofighter. well it's yes yeah, it's, it's all that um yeah, I'll have yeah, I'll have some Pringles, a bit of chocolate <laughs> and, um, you know, one of your, your fighter jet models.
1: <laughs> have you got a football moment of the week for us, Andy?
3: Yes, I have. It was the World Cup draw last week. Um, and not so much, actually, that, that World Cup draw, um, although good to see Jermaine Genas um, sort of broadening the, the career, you know, introducing a package on um, stick insects. On the one show, you know, one minute and <laughs> glad
1: handing with Infantino the next. But um, how has he got a job, that guy? All these jobs, he's the most, and he's got no charisma. I just don't get it. Good just, agent, mate. Good agent. He must have a brilliant agent, that fella. Seriously.
3: Um, he's 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 fine though, isn't he? He's all right. Um,
4: Fresh,
3: but yeah. Uh, but yeah, and so so yeah, around the draw, I always find myself thinking about the. The draw for the World Cup Finals 1994. Has anyone seen this? Robin Williams was part of the um, the World Cup Finals draw event for exactly. USA '94. There's some cracking clips on YouTube of him <laughs> jousting with Sepp Blatter. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's 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 excruciating because you know Sepp Blatter, kind of one of these administrators who kind of you are famous because at one point he says. Welcome, Robin Williams, or should I say, Mrs. Downfire. And uh, Williams turns around and goes, Thank you, Mr. Bladder. He, he, he calls him Set Bladder the whole way through. He puts white gloves on, on a bend over. And there's just this excruciating tension between Bladder, who kind of wants to be seen as jovial and hey, he's got a fun side. And no, this is my baby, this is my toy, it's the World Cup draw. It's actually really serious. Um and Williams just bosses it. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. So my my football moment of the week was being reminded of Robin Williams at the World Cup draw in nineteen
1: ninety-three. That was a good one, um, Andy. ian um, uh Ian, how's it going, buddy? Any news on um <clears throat> the movie? Are we still stuck in you know, in, in pre-talks? Um, no,
5: but I did hear like other uh, podcasts are available. Just if anyone knows that, like, there's quite a lot of podcasts out there. There is a Grange Hill podcast, and yep. they interview a lot of the old, um, a lot of the old actors in there. And uh, they were asking someone about Grange Hill, the movie, and like, yeah, it's kind of like the longer away it goes from the announcement, the more skeptical people are that, like a lot of them, obviously they owe kind of Phil Redmond their careers, a lot of them, but. I, th- I think he's one of those, it will either be absolutely amazing and a huge success, like, you know, everything else is kind of, that has come to fruition, like Grange Hill, Brookside, and Hollyoaks, or whatever, or it just will not happen, because he has also had some completely crazy ideas, like, he, would, he just basically wanted Liverpool to host everything, even things that Liverpool weren't suitable to host you know like the Cop of America or whatever it'd be on the front of the Liverpool Echo going you know I can't I can't believe my my efforts to host Milan Fashion Week in Liverpool have, have, haven't worked out I'm absolutely distraught I can't believe this so it may never happen but you know if there's anyone who could get it off the ground it's it's Phil Redmond.
1: But you never know, Milan Fashion Week might happen in Liverpool instead. So, you know, these things just often lead from one to the other. Uh, have you got a uh, football moment of the week for us, uh, Ian?
5: Yeah, and it's cobbler's related. I don't know if you guys, obviously, like, you guys like your cobbler's um, classic shirts and vintage um, wear. I don't know if anyone's seen like this latest... Uh, collection you could wear this at milan fashion week you, uh, has anyone seen this it's, i think the efl have put some tweets out at first i thought it was a spoof but it's not has anyone seen this gear why is it mm, I, don't no wear. I don't know this company i mean I if it's five u sport or what but it's like one's like a kind of um polo shirt and it's got like a kind of cl- it's white with kind of i don't know some kind of like. Flower animal design in the background, and then a big cobbler's badge on it. I think and I've, I've
1: seen, seen that. Is it like a dart shirt, but really good? Yeah, it's
5: like a dart shirt. Yeah. Yeah,
1: then, I'm not sure it's some sort of wind-up. It's absolutely rascal. It, was it on? Was it an April Fool? But I'm not sure no, because I think it's for sale, isn't it? I think I don't know where it's best, come from, but it's what, a, a, a cobbler's shirt. Yeah,
5: I think, I think they do it for all EFL clubs. It's like an equivalent. Oh, right. for Every EFL club, and then. To accompany that, there was this like um kind of black leather bomber jacket with a big cobbler's badge on the back. Oh. And I think a small one on the front, <laughs> and underneath the badge <laughs> on the back was just the word Northampton. And yeah. it, it kind of I think what it reminded me of, Jeff, do you remember like um the wrestling manager, Jimmy, the mouth of the South Heart? Whoever, whoever he was managing, he would come to the ring with his megaphone and he'd have like a themed jacket with Like a pic, a picture, like when it was the nasty boys, he'd have a pic, he'd have like nasty boys spray painting on the back, and then he'd have like a picture of them on the back. It kind of reminded me of that, and I I wish I had the disposable income to buy it. Like ironically, like these people who say, "Oh, if I won the Euro Millions, I'd I'd buy the Cobblers." I don't, I don't think I would, but I think I um, would. Was it a chalk
2: line jacket? Have you seen those? They're like the they're like silk. And I very nearly bought one when I was in America once, but, but it was yeah. uh, but it was about 120 dollars, and I couldn't think the, of a single instance when I would wear it. Well, this has like, if,
5: if it was if it was a Stag do, and it was a Cobbler's fan, I'd, I'd buy it just to make the the Stag wear it, like the Cobbler's <laughs> deep dart shirt and the Cobbler's leather bomber jacket. You'd have to We've get. We've got it the
1: outfit <laughs> in for the uh, podcast away trip. so there we
5: that's go. I, Honestly, I just couldn't. I couldn't believe my eyes when my mate sent to me. I was like, "Is this a joke?" Is like, I think so, but I think I saw a tweet from the EFL going, "Yeah, check check these out, guys." I
1: don't think it's official. I I, I think it was just some um, I don't know if someone has designed it or whatever. I'm not sure. I I can't say it's official for the EFL, but I think it just reminds me of what F on Elad wore to Ritzy So I, <laughs> I can't, you know, EFL Elad it's wore not
5: that brand, that. then, yeah. Uh, Tom, it's not what's that? It's
1: not town brand uh, merch. No, but. no, no. But I think that's maybe a little um, a way into the football club, producing, like, leather jackets for, like, 900 quid that are just, like, you know, you, no one can really afford, but you've just got to aspire to it. Like, Jeff's aspiring to his chalk line jacket, wherever it is. I think it's, um, yeah, I think there's a market for it, essentially. I'm in. I'm all in. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll try and put it on. If I can find it, I'll put it on the Wallock Twitter. But it is, like... a a really rascal darts style thing with like yeah i can't even describe it it's pretty uh pretty but poppy. yeah
5: the jacket sealed the deal for me it was just mm. immense like you know big cobbler's bag badge on the back and just the word northampton just <laughs> yeah.
1: i could just Check see you
5: know, a coffee shop in town wearing that outside
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but that was a good one, um, Ian. Of course, we're just uh, sort of uh, diverging again. But yeah, that, you try and find that top online is here. It's pretty rascal. Um, yeah, Jeff, put the links. i sent the links to everyone. Great. We'll have a we'll have a look at it. Um, Jeff, um, have you got a football moment of the week for us?
2: I have, but as I mentioned on the on the on the pre-chat, it's not very good. Oh, don't um, worry about it. So I'll just I'll just I'll just blather through it. Quickly, yep. obviously, uh, regular listeners of the show will know that I'm a big Championship Manager '97 '98 fan. Um yep. <clears throat> I'm, I'm eight seasons deep into a sit, save with Arsenal, but <laughs> brilliantly, uh, Northampton Town have been promoted to the Championship. Where in 2004 they have Canoe up front. So yes, yes. one of one of the <laughs> ultimate sort of cult footballers, <laughs> and uh, just just a uh, fascinating. Uh, all-round player, you know, six foot five, but bag of tricks. Mm. Um, is playing his trade at six fields in this in this alternative universe. So in, you uh, weren't managing. So that's it. That's my football moment of the week. Sorry, go on.
1: You weren't managing cobblers. They just happen to just do well without you. No, so no. It. yeah, it's, it's
2: just, it, even in my absence, they did well. They've only got one player who they had at the start, and it was always a player who goes on to good things in that game. Um, I, I won't, I, you know, I won't throw it out there to the group because it's all quite tedious. But it was is um, it called Joe Devito. It was Claudio DeVito, yes. Great shout. <laughs> yes, um, I'll you, bear with me a moment, because I've got it on my other screen here. I'll just I'll pull up his record in a moment, and I'll tell you how things have been going for the man, uh, pre- somewhat predictably nicknamed Danny in the, among the squad. Um, Northampton Town. Where are they? Yeah, the Mighty covers. There's Claudio Juveito. Oh, David Seals still there, actually. So he's oh, he's not really been among the goals much. Best season was o three o four. He got eleven in twenty five. There you go. That's my somewhat uh, shite
1: football moment of the week for everyone. I, I think it's an absolutely brilliant one to be fair. I used that to get, is awesome. <laughs> I spent yeah. so long playing Championship Manager '97, '98. Uh, that's how I know Claudio De Vito. Yeah. I um I was a, quite a cheater though. Do you cheat uh, or do you do it do it do it faithfully and properly? Well, I used to lose a, a big game. I used to reset it and then do it again yeah, until I won. You can press the star key, can't you?
2: Well, I. I don't like to cheat, but I have stumbled on the internet. You find anything on the internet these days. I've found a cheat where you can actually play without a goalkeeper, and it's still completely effective. Oh,
3: okay. um, so you have
2: <laughs> you have eleven outfield players, and this is this is a policy. This is a strategy that uh, for Arsenal, I've actually won seven league championships in the past eight seasons. So <laughs> it's, it's fairly productive as a cheat.
5: Can I, signed- just, can I just interject? In. Can I just interject then? That reminds me. Do you remember this is before your time at the Cron, Jeff, but do hmm. you remember when the Cron when the fantasy football yeah. um, caught on and the Cron did their own they did their own local version of fantasy yeah. football? And I think and I think the only difference to normal was as well as buying Premier League players, you could also buy Cobblers players, and I think they overpriced them just to make it part of the firm, and you could have, like, you know, whoever, it was late 90s, wasn't it, so you could have, like, John Gale up front, or whatever, for your team, but um, my mate Steve, Yeah, um, he won. No, he didn't, he didn't win, this was the thing, he was days away from winning,
2: Okay. and, it,
5: and every day, it was like, Steve is top of the Cron Fantasy Football League, <laughs> could, and I, about, could, about I,
6: could I interject here? Is it Go that on. they didn't put his keeper in and count the goals off? Exactly. That's what. Do you know how I know, how I know that? Joe Do you know who won it? Was it, was it you? Time. Yeah. <laughs>
7: Amazing.
6: <laughs> no. <laughs> Straight up. What a, a turn! Fa- what a thousand pounds! A thousand pounds.
5: Yeah. Okay. I can't believe it.
6: <laughs>
5: Better raised than is.
1: dead was my team. I'll still remember it. Yeah, because
5: Steve... So you tell us what end, happened then. What
1: happened in with your mate's so team? It was similar to Jeff's fantasy uh,
5: football uh, football manager, uh, championship manager thing. Basically, his keeper got injured. They forgot to put his subkeeper in. So all the goals that his subkeeper conceded weren't counted. So his keeper effectively was keeping a clean sheet every week. And when they were doing the last-minute final totting up, it, it all went quiet. And Steve was like, oh, well, any day now I was going to get, you know... And uh, yeah, they they didn't. So they gave Slugger the prize money, and um, and Steve, they I think like they bought him a mountain bike or something from because uh, <laughs> he was a school, you know, we were in sixth form at the time. And he was like, they said, in the con, we bought him a mountain bike that he's had his eye on for quite some time. He, he didn't, but it was just kind of like. <laughs>
1: I think it sort of shows the way the world has declined since then, that the cron were given a thousand pound prizes for fantasy football mixed with cobblers. They were just housey on days, Jeff. Do you remember?
2: Oh, absolutely. I do remember though that um the uh the cobblers would always put a bet on uh, the cobblers would always no, sorry, I've, I've given I've given it away now. It was the cobblers would always <laughs> the cron used to do a promotion where they'd say, um would give ten thousand pounds to the cobblers if they win the league this season or something. Mm. and actually yeah. they'd just put like a twenty quid bet on at fifty whatever it is fifty 20, whatever because they would never obviously never going to win it. and that was how they did it. They did it, just put a bet on. But I would, one of the um one of the most shocking elements of that story, yeah, indeed, is that there was a spare thousand pounds at the Chronicle and Echo because uh, having worked there for twelve years, i i can I can tell you that there wasn't much money involved. <laughs> certainly not that I saw, but that's a whole another story for another day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think um slugger. So what quickly, we don't want to get too deep into this. We're just obviously fascinated by this game. So is Ian right that you had like Ian right, is he incorrect that you had um Premier League fantasy football with cobblers mixed in?
6: Is that well, right? I not I I there were would have been cobblers because there were low there were lower league players. It was it was the original fan like fantasy football out of the book where, um, you know, before it got kind of big uh, or it's b- becoming big, I guess. But, yeah, you were picking a team that played 2-3-5 and you pretty much had every player in the league there. So I remember my front line having... Um, a, I think I might have had Shearer, who got a hat-trick on the open day, um, a guy called Andy Watson, who was at Carlisle, or Halifax, or just knowing we lower league football. He, he was due a good season, so he got a hat-trick, and a third player got a hat-trick, so I kind of thought, oh, I could be in business here after like, the first week of the season. But mm-hmm. yeah, there would have been Cobblers players as well, but I think I was sensible enough back then, I can't, I don't recall picking any. <laughs> <laughs> and what did you spend the £1,000 on, Martin? Well, i just got a job after two after two years on Dole. <laughs> 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 Add and, and to the <laughs> irony, One of the things I bought was a mountain bike, (laughs) (laughs) and I left it in town, (laughs) locked up on a pretty crappy lock, and it got nicked. (laughs)
2: Ian's (laughs) mate (laughs)
6: nicked
1: it. (laughs) Martin, I think you should meet. I never um, said
6: it was a bloke called
1: Steve, but I have my suspicions. (laughs) You've got to meet Steve and have a pint (laughs) and discuss it. He's obviously still seething, isn't he? Is it uh, Ian? Has Steve um, forgiven Martin for taking his crown?
5: Uh, it's just, do you know? I don't. Th- I, I think even at work and stuff now, I work with him, and it's like, oh, he has a fancy football league. Anyone want to join this season? He's yeah. <laughs> never, never again. You know, he's not touch him after what happened in the nineties. I'm done. I've been done since since ninety four.
6: <laughs>
1: <laughs> right then, let's move on to our cobbler's catch up feature, a handy summary of the week's news from Sixfields. I'm joined for this bit by Brendan Walsh, James Avril, and Luke Foday. How are you doing, guys? You are okay? Good, thanks, ma'am. Good stuff. Let's start with the Mansfield game. Um, uh, James, you you went to the game. You beforehand, you were saying that you know you were going to spend as much time as possible in Nottingham and uh, to sort of try and avoid the um you know less salubrious Mansfield, so to speak. Um, you sort of regret you didn't stay in um in Nottingham, James.
8: Well, the two highlights of the day were, were both from Nottingham. Quite early on, we saw a guy get arrested and his pants fell down, which is always good to see. <laughs> uh, and then we watched a cracking goose fight on the on on the on the River Trent. You know, it was a proper scrap, like heavyweight right. champion style bout. Amazing. And uh, yeah, and then the football was crap.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
8: <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's the same every year. It's the same routine with Mansfield, and me and my, me and my dad joke about it every year. And I think this was the year where we both genuinely said, if it's rubbish again, this might be the final time where we'll just do the Nottingham drinking part and leave yeah. out Mansfield. Because it, one, it is a, <laughs> just a complete dump. It's the one place where I was kind of, I felt threatened in the press box. They also nearly <laughs> locked me in the press box. Like I literally <laughs> had 1% battery on my phone and they'd locked the press box and I was like, I'm literally trapped here. It's in that top <laughs> tier of that side stand. I don't know what the hell is going to happen here. I'm going to be like sheltering overnight for like, you know, until they open the club <laughs> shop on the Monday morning. Then you've got the Phil Crossley game there. You've got the four nil Dean Austin game there. And then yeah, 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 that I've not got a happy, someone put it on Twitter perfectly, just said, I've not got a happy memory for Mansfield and they're bang on. I can't think of a worse ground. I, that I just will not get, but he's so close to Nottingham and it, it the Nottingham bit always tempts me, yeah. Not again,
1: I think. Even <laughs> if you get in the playoffs with them, um, um, so there was um John Joe all day or John Joe Toolday, we can never forget that. Absolutely, I,
8: I didn't go to that. Um, it's a it. shame John Joe couldn't re- you know return the favor this yes. time. Him and him and Guthrie were having a proper good scrap at, at, at corners on that. Um, but yeah, we in, in terms of the actual game, we offered so little from minute one, it just felt like one of those games and and the Pinnock chance decide, we offered nothing at the second half you know to have one tame Danny Rose header on target when you're one nil down in a promotion six-pointer
1: wasn't great. What did you think of the Mansfield goal because I've I've watched it back a couple of times and some people have said Horstall needs to be a bit stronger a bit better in defence but I've watched it back and um the corner comes in and um it just seems like I think it's Aikins. He's 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 bringing nothing to the party apart from blocking off off Horseful and then uh, Ollie Hawkins gets a free header. I don't know. Horseful didn't really, you know, appeal it. But was there any sense of a foul on that for you, James, or just think you need to be a bit stronger?
8: So I haven't watched it back. I've tried yeah. to remove all not all memory of that game yeah. uh, after weekend. I have to say at the time I didn't see a foul. Didn't think no. there was a foul. I just it looked like a free header. But you know. That that's not an uncommon thing. That kind of thing happens all the time. We were superb at it, you know, yeah. with uh, Scott Wharton and Charlie Goode. So yeah. you know, you, you've got to you've got to deal with things like that. Um, yeah. To be fair, we haven't conceded too many from from set pieces. So you know, you, you, it, it's not like it's a a, a recurring problem. But yeah. it, it was a bit of a disappointing goal to concede. But I was mm. more disappointed with with how we responded, to be honest, because we just didn't offer anything other than Joshua Pye when he came on. Look, he did more in two minutes, just ran at someone than we'd seen uh, throughout the whole game. So the response, yeah. more than anything, was disappointing. And I, I read Brady's comments, and I, I can't really go with it. I didn't I didn't think the referee was good, but he didn't cost us the game. You know, the, the, the Paul Lewis red card, I'm sure we'll get on to that. Yeah. When you look at it in the grand scheme of things, has he done a lot to get sent off? No. The referee, unfortunately, has to follow the letter of the law and he did a silly tackle mm-hmm and then reacted. The guy, manful guy went down, he, he was like that Forest Green player that had been sniped earlier in the season, but yep. letter of the law, it was a yellow. So until they look at the laws, unfortunately the ref has to go with what with that decision.
1: Okay, let's move on to that and I just want to speak to uh, Brendan about this because Paul, <laughs> Paul Lewis, I don't think has got an invitation to your wedding, um, no. Brendan. I think, yeah, just when that happened, I just thought, Brendan's going to hit the roof on this. What do you make of it? <laughs>
9: I, I, do you know what? I actually, because uh, as soon as we went down, this is the more alarming stat than any of the goal-scoring stats or anything at the moment. For me, this season is we we've not come back to win this whole season. Like normally, even a crap team gets lucky with with, with comeback wins. Yeah. We've, it was from conceding first. I think it's happened 15 times, and we've only gone on to draw twice and lost every single other one. So like, w- once it happened, I was like, okay, well, that's that game gone. And so Paul Lewis getting a red card was a silver lining because at least he's out of the team now for Bradford. I don't have to watch him <laughs> put in 90 in cardio, a couple of touches, um and, and, and steal a living. Like I, it's not personal, I don't you know, I, I over exaggerate effect, but he's needed to break out the side for a long time. But yeah. Really getting injured and and some of the other stuff that's happened in the midfield has kept him in a job. I think he would have been rotated out had we had other options. So yeah. we might finally get a look at Pollock. Um, we won't. Or, or I've seen some crazy <laughs> stuff. I saw somebody saying Danny Rose in in uh, play. Danny Rose in centre. I tell you
7: now, Danny Rose in centre mid is more likely than Scott Pollock centre mid. I can guarantee you that now.
9: I just I I, <laughs> I bet a whole shooting loan on it. I, I would just I don't do you know what I I don't really care who who he puts in there on Saturday. I'm just gonna smile that it's not Paul Lewis. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Yeah, it, it just does it feel like Paul Lewis, bless him, he's a bit of... Um, do you know when they were talking about signing players on character and stuff like that and trying to make a fit? He doesn't seem to be that fit, whereas some of the players do. So, you know, you're going to get a few anomalies, aren't you, in a, in a side um, Luke, it frustrates me to an extent that, like, he, he didn't need to be sent off, to, in my opinion. It just feels like if you've got a, a referee slightly better in control of the game, you can talk that down a little bit to... You know, and and just keep a player on the pitch. But it just, you know, on the other hand, I guess if you give uh, you know a referee that opportunity to do it, 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 they'll often do it, won't they, Luke?
7: I mean, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like I ca- I can't really understand referees this year because there's been quite a few decisions been made I I still um like disbelieved by like I always think back to the swimming game when the fourth official disallowed a goal you got the far-screen game where the ball clearly didn't go over the line, but somehow was given. And I don't know. I mean, I mean red cards. we've seen a couple of them this season, uh, especially against us. And I don't know. I just... I don't really know what the rules are anymore for a red card. It seems like one week, one thing stands. Next week, it's a different thing. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, for me, a big thing... I, mean, I don't think it's just a team. I was speaking to my um, uncle about this, actually, the other week, how I said, never... In all these seasons, I've been watching Cobblers. Have we ever been in second, third position? And I've been so not in interest, like uninterested. Sorry, but like there'll be points in games where I'm just sitting and looking around the stadium. Like I'm, it's, I i do not know. And I don't know if that's down to just poor refereeing officials in games, which make the game just sort of stay or If it's just the fact that we're not playing great football at times, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I do think this is by far worst refereeing standards I have seen in a league. Mm-hmm. In nearly ten years of me watching, again when I was Teddy's guy, I was quite young. I probably wasn't paying much attention. It could have been worse, but especially in the last yeah. few years, this has been the worst year I've seen for a referee incision, and not just cobblers. Like I've seen EFL show with different decisions being made against other clubs, and yeah. especially I saw one where Port Vale. Uh, I know their goalkeeper is known for getting red cards, but he got a red card this season after ours. And I, I, I sort of just looked at it thinking, did he get a red card because he deserved it? He get a red card because he's known for being a bit of a hot headed keeper, and it's just. Mm. I don't know. There's there's situations like that this year. I just think the refereeing standards have been dropped massively. I don't know if it's because a year out of COVID or what. But for me, I I feel like there's some red cards, some yellow cards, which I just don't see how they are. I mean, Paul Lewis one. I'm not. I don't. I don't really know to be honest. It was, it was one of them. Like uh, James said, you go by the book, and unfortunately, the book isn't written for the sake of everyone. So
8: yeah, I agree, you, I agree with you. I agree with you on the uh, on the standards this year. But yeah. consider yourself lucky you never saw that Phil Crossley performance at Mansfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'll be say. cursing that man on my deathbed.
1: <laughs> I think Cobblers fans, fans have just been slating uh, referees for years. I remember Uriah Rennie was a bit of a uh, bit of a one that people never, people never got on with. But it, it, it boils down to that old adage of the the game moving on in terms Wait. of professionalism and money, and the referees still maybe you know a few a few years behind in. In keeping up with that. But, um yeah, James, I wanted to sort of ask you, it's well-known cobbler's dearth of central midfielders. In that sense, does it make Paul Lewis's decision-making there, especially with the shove, just even more sort of inane, really, because we just can't afford to lose any more, can we?
8: It was just a bit of a pointless challenge. I think it was a heat of a moment because there was a bit, just before that, I don't know if the highlights show it, about where Hoskins could potentially have got a free kick. And it was kind of just after that. And he took him out. It was a cynical foul. It was booking. But then he just got he just got lured into the to the you know follow up yellow card and yeah it, it was just daft there was no need to do it frankly though it didn't make much difference we could have we could have still been there and we wouldn't have scored we were just offering nothing going forward yeah. so yeah uh, it, like like Brendan says it gives us an opportunity to actually look at something different now because yeah I, I can't see that we can play four two three one unless he puts Abin Bola in there or he puts moves players out of position. And I hate it when managers move players out of position. I would far rather we play someone in their yeah. proper position. So it's going it's to be interesting point, to see game. what Brady goes with, because yeah, I don't know what formation he can go with other than maybe four-four-two, and put either Pollock or Abin Bola in there with Sowerby.
1: That's a good point. We can sort of move on to that. Um, I've heard one rumor on Twitter. It's probably nonsense. That, um williams is back in training but i just i can't see that especially oh, yeah if it's gonna be out it's just probably someone messing about but um and i, I can ask um, um we can ask martin maloney about that he, he plays football with his dad but um it just seems like he's got a quandary now of trying to you know maintain a promotion push with one available central midfielder which is jake uh sowerby who's not you know particularly uh he's quite injury prone himself so uh brendan i you like do you go like he, he sort of has done and just try and throw as many of the best players in as possible and work something out? So Pinnock and Lubala and people like that. Or do you do what James says and actually face the realities of what we've got and just put the players in the, in the right position? So, therefore, yeah. do, we, do you put uh, do you put Pollock in? Do you put Abimbola in? They're young, but, you know, potentially sometimes give you a 4 out of 10, but perhaps could give you an 8 out of 10.
9: I think... Uh, there's a lot of things going through my mind with, with, with team selection on Saturday. The first thing is obviously Bradford are now managed by Mark Hughes, who has been there and done it at the yeah. absolute top elite level. And f- f- there's a lot of stuff I like about Brady and I, I want him to be part of the longer term picture here, but we've seen him get out tactic, even with Calderwood backing him up on a couple of occasions against maybe more savvy, more gamesmanship managers. And I don't know if he'll yeah. face someone more savvy than Mark Hughes this, this season, um, in for a couple of seasons. So I, I would hesitate to like front load it and put four strikers on there and not worry about midfield because he'll have a field day. He'll know what to do. I yeah. think me personally, my, I would vote for putting Abimbola next to Sal being in there. Um, And then having Pollock to come on and create in in that Salby role if we go down or something or or maybe ahead of him um, at Cam. But he he doesn't really like him there. I really liked Bowler's cameo a couple of weeks ago. I think it's the closest thing we've got to replace McWilliams in terms of the energy in in midfield. Pollock's not that player and we don't have anyone else like that around. That's. I think that's why people are saying Danny Rose because they're kind of pressing and running around that he does. So this thought that he could do that from the midfield it's It's not FIFA ultimate team. You can't just take attributes and apply them to other places in the pitch. Like there's a lot. There's years of of understanding and mentality that goes into positions and stuff like that. And I don't think just dropping him in there when we've got other midfielders in the squad, albeit a few of them, but um, I just don't think that's the answer. And 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 again, Mark Hughes will will figure that out. So. I, I don't know. He he has got a, a selection headache on. Um, if as a betting man, I think he'll he'll stick with Abimbola. I Also, there's also the fan, the, the proper fan in me says we're we're up here fighting for a promotion spot, automatic or playoff, whatever it is. You're constantly um, dealing with moaning fans and and everything, and people <laughs> second guessing your decisions. You stick a young academy lad on there people will go okay we lost but at least we had a go at it if you go and stick on a a failing striker um and much as we might love his personality he he hasn't scored goals good enough this season if you go and put on a young academy lad and 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 give him a shot against a big team it's you know you're kind of it's not like you're wiping your your hands of it and and like giving up and giving in to the fans you're just kind of saying like okay that's fine like let's see what they have got like that's exciting and and even if we went and lost the game one nil, I'd rather that than him try and like outthink fucking Premier League Mark Hughes and and play like four yeah. centre backs across the middle or something. It's just stupid. So that it, it seems logical to just put the the young kid in, but you know who knows with Brady? Uh, I don't believe the McWilliams rumor. It was he he's seen gutted online and
2: yeah and um, yeah
9: and and the the. Yeah, it, I don't, I don't think he'll be back. Even if he wasn't training, he's not going to be back anytime soon. So.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I've heard another uh, sort of suggestion, um, and it's it's not unheard of. You put like a fullback in central midfield, a holding midfield, <laughs> maybe a McGowan. Um, who else could we put there? he's not really uh, Mills, I guess, Harriman or someone. But um, again, so, yeah. like you said uh, Mark Hughes is going to be, you know, so experienced. So the first thing he's going to do probably is overload the midfield and just completely trying batter us there. So it's a difficult one. James, are you sort of going with Brendan in the, uh, sort of alluding to what you said earlier, go with the correct players in the correct position? So therefore it's Abin Bola or Pollock?
8: Yeah, so he's either got to do four two three one or four four two in my view and, and play players in their proper position. I will be incredibly annoyed if we put Mitch Pinnock in centre midfield, for example, which is something that he's done before. When Pinnock is our only creative Threat and you're basically nullifying him by making him do you know take part in a midfield battle? Play players in their proper positions, um, show a bit of faith. Because I, I always think, I think back to you know playing Sam Hoskins at right back ahead of Michael Harriman and things like that, it just doesn't send the right message to me to, to those players. Like, what what does so what, what does Michael Harriman think? You know, when he's on the bench and he sees a striker being put in his, his position, it doesn't send the right message to me. I think you've got to trust your squad. And and put players in their correct positions. Now, whether that's four two three one or four four two, you might want to try something different um, because the four two three one worked spectacularly with Atete, and I was glad we finally went to it with that formation, and it suited the players we have. Yeah. It even suited Paul Lewis. Um, you know, playing kind of behind Atete with a Pierre right, who I do I do like. He's got some really good attributes, but it's it's not working. We just don't look. Threatening with any of the striker strikers we have, exactly, exactly. None of the has. none of the strikers that we have at the moment, I think, can do none that. Role. Striker, um, no, so for, for me, I'd be leaning towards four four two and giving something different a go. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But you know, we we can you can you can say he gave it a try, you know. But yeah, I'd be the primarily play players in their positions. I think that that's
1: a biggie mm. for me. It's going to be a big game on Saturday against Bradford. They're going to bring a lot of fans. A big club at this level. Mark Hughes, real sort of honour really to have him in the in the in the ground. Although um, obviously we want to send him packing with um, zero points. Um, James, how are you feeling about the about promotion? Generally, I've said it before. It doesn't feel to me like a promotion side like I've seen building in the past at this time of the season. Quite inconsistent. Don't score enough goals probably, and obviously one available central midfielder are you are you like really up for promotion do you really want promotion James or are you if it didn't happen would you be okay
8: um I I think it is what it is you know I, I obviously I'm a fan I would love to see us get promoted yeah I have to be realistic I think we'd struggle next year if we did go up uh that shouldn't be the, the reason you don't want to go up there. You should always want to, you know, we don't get too many promotions as, as Cobblers fans. So to get a third, you know, in what, seven years uh, w- would be fantastic. So we should never turn that mm. down. Personally, uh, I, you know, I, I don't want to be negative. I think the automatic route may have passed us by now. Uh, when we had four two three one and we had a Tete up top, I was convinced we were going up. Uh, I didn't think there was going to be anything that could stop us. We weren't conceding goals, and Atete was just destroying teams on his own. We've not been able to replace him, and that's been the problem. And that, I think, is what will probably cost us an automatic promotion place. We have to be realistic. We, It's not beyond the realms of possibility we'll miss out on a playoff place as well. It is, It, it is that tight. I do feel like we can still get a playoff place because we've got three teams next who haven't got much to play for. So that needs to be three wins, I think, if, if we're going to you know, be serious about promotion. Um, you know, is it uh, Bradford, then Harrogate and Orient? Um, but, yeah, the lack of goals is, is a huge, you know, warning sign that we're not going to get automatic promotion, to be honest. I hope to be proved wrong, but I, I can't mm-hmm. see it. And unfortunately, you know, you see it so often, it's about momentum at end of season. Sorry, I, sounded, I said that like a northerner, didn't I? It's like momentum <laughs> at end of season, isn't it? Um, uh, it's about momentum at the end of the season, and yeah. we have lost form at the worst possible time.
0: Mm-hmm. And then you
8: look at clubs like Salford, who have. There's always a team that comes out of nowhere to yeah. get in that playoff, in that usually in that final playoff space, space and then they usually get promoted. Um, we're we're in terrible form, and there's too many other teams that are in good form at the moment, so we have to really rectify that in the next three games I think to just even stay in with a, a playoff shout if we lose on Saturday that is a big blow because a lot of you know momentum and energy will will have been sucked out of six fields you know not that there's much energy there to be honest sometimes <laughs> but uh, you know it, it's just going to have that vibe of we've blown it isn't it if we lose again on on Saturday so we really need to respond with a win on Saturday otherwise I fear we could miss out altogether
1: Yeah well explained really the only thing for me I would say is that I feel that if expectations are pretty high for promotion and everyone just gets in that promotion mania which just always happens and it's, it's quite normal and then we miss out will certain fans lash out at Brady I've already heard certain fans saying not really the man for the job which I think is quite harsh so I'm a bit just yeah, a little bit concerned that if we do miss out for whatever reason that there's a sort of an overreaction and that um he's not the guy from the job but from the job but hopefully that doesn't
8: happen you're not going to be able to control that overreaction there's always going to be an element of football fans that say that i think if we all look back to what we said at the start of the season and i look back at what i said i was going to be happy i I had us down as mid table that was before we signed a tete mid table fighting potentially for playoffs but what I wanted to see was progress in terms of the playing style being improved and bedding some kind of more you know youth team players into. We've actually done all right with the results. We've done less okay with the other two things. We haven't really blooded too many youngsters, if we're honest. Yeah. And the playing style is being is, is is isn't great still. Uh, you know we are primarily still a, a you know reliant on set pieces. It's not quite as you know boring to to watch as uh you know curl ball was but there have been games where it has been as boring to watch and Saturday was certainly one of those occasions Mm. Uh, certainly since January the style of football has been getting worse and worse since we lost to Tete like I say we've not been able to replace him and we've not found a creative way of 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 the team gelling so Mm. I'm still you know going to be realistic at the end of the season if we miss out we miss out it's you know you can't go up Every year, we don't have a, you know, we should be challenging for promotion in this division, but we don't have a divine right to go up every year. Yeah. And I'll have seen enough that if we can keep the defense and the keeper, that's a big if. We can go again next year. My worry is if we don't go up, we could lose uh, Roberts and, and Horseful. Um, so that's one we of the. Like, know we that that's...
1: I was thinking about this earlier. We could lose them anyway, just because we go up doesn't mean that our budget's going to be significantly higher. Potentially, I yeah, think, yeah. I don't, I don't think that's that's necessarily a, a huge factor. But um, when we sort of appraise Brady, we won't go into it too deeply. But there's plenty to build on. And that's the important thing. And we've talked about it before. Everyone's sick of the manager merry-go-round. If even if you did like move him on or move him upstairs, whatever, like, who's gonna who's gonna replace him? So I just think that there's plenty for him to build on. And um we'll see what happens. But if we don't go up, I think I had us down as tenth and I've sort of stuck with tenth and we might even finish tenth. I don't don't want us to, but we'll see what happens. Um Brendan, you, you we talked about it before, you being generally a positive guy. Um are you are you sort of just think sod it, let's just live for the moment and we've got to go for it and you know, just just sort of like live that live that um premier, you know, that promotion mania to an extent.
9: Yeah, cool. I I mean I've been I've been at the, in that boat for the last like 10, 12 games. I think if you if anyone had given us it's obviously disappointing how inconsistent we've been. You can't even say it's bad rudder form, it's just inconsistency at the moment. Um if someone had said at the beginning of the season you'd be fourth with six games to go and like in it, you know, and it'd be this close, we'd all have bitten the handoff, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um yeah. I think it's a credit to Brady that. You know, Atete was good and he held the ball up really well, but it wasn't like we lost a 20-goal season striker. It's just if we, we've really had to adapt to our and I don't think we've come up with with a real kind of plan A that works most games other than set pieces. Um, so I think that, like, if anything, if we don't go up, we, uh, there needs to be a reality check of, like, how we're all reacting to this. Like, we would have been really, really happy to be in this position before, We've had really bad luck with injuries at horrible times of the season. Promising players on loan, either injured or or gone back. Like obviously, you know, um, McGlure, Like he he got injured and has gone back. And just as he kind of settled himself in, and we were looking at a back three. So yeah, it's one of those. Like if we go up, on buzzing. You no, know, you can't ever um, turn down a promotion. I don't think. Like look at all the teams that have kind of gone up ahead of their time, and and they find a way to stick. We have to try. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if we don't go up, like, um, I think we've got a good core, um, a good backroom staff and a good foundation to, to, to have a go again next year and uh, and be competitive. So yeah, I'd like it's one of those. Every game is really important, but it's not like when we're in League One and, and it's like, it's this or oblivion, you know, I was scared if we got relegated, what might happen? It's like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not ripping my hair out if we don't go up this season. I'll be. I'll be buzzing because we've overachieved, and and I, and I think Brady deserves a lot of credit. There's obviously some things he needs to improve on, but it's his first year as a as a football league manager. You know, like I, I think he, he's done yeah. incredibly well with the budget and should be praised for it. And and um, I'm looking forward to whatever he does next year with this year under his belt, whether that's in League One or League Two.
1: Yeah. That's fair enough, and um, the only unfortunate thing is uh, if we get promoted, that means more security, Brendan, so uh, <laughs> we're just always always just that balancing act, isn't it? Um, yeah. Let's go on to some score predictions for the Bradford game. Brendan's been pretty good recently, although sometimes he doesn't get it bang on. His feeling is quite good, so I'm quite interested to see what he thinks about this one. Um, James, what's your score prediction for the Bradford game? One all. Okay, sort of hedging your bets a bit, yeah? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the win, actually, because I was, I'm was i looking at our, our problems in midfield. But then I've also read a little bit about Bradford and we'll um, I'll be speaking to a Bradford guy later on the show. But they they haven't got that old cliche, a lot to play for, and they haven't been pulling up any trees. So, yeah, hopefully we can just pull something out of the bag and just just want it a little bit more. Another old cliche again. Um, Brendan, are you positive or are you a bit nervous about this one? I think
9: uh, I I genuinely couldn't tell you. We've been so jackal and hyde the last couple of weeks. If anyone tells you that you know that 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 they um, that they're right with what's going to happen on Saturday, then they don't know what they're talking about. I, I my gut is telling me one one same as James. Just think yeah. it's be one of those ding dong games, uh, very tight either way. Um, but who knows what covers we'll see. We could come out and it could be the the three moments of quality could go in. I think Pinnock is due. An absolute net buster. He's hit the, the crossbar the last couple of uh, games I've watched yeah. um, with a long ranger. And and that could be the difference. In fact, I, I, I remember him hitting the crossbar four or five times this whole season. So I feel like one of them's gonna go in this weekend and then who knows if we're able to keep the clean sheet or not.
1: I just hope he doesn't get depressed and turn to the deep fried Mars bars like he used to up in Scotland. <laughs> Hopefully he sticks out of the uh the chippy. Anyway, um, cheers, guys. Thanks for um, talking. We'll, all, we'll probably see each other at the uh, Bradford game and uh, we'll meet again to chew the fat. Thanks again. Amazing. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Cheers. Have a good evening, cheers. all. So let's talk to Simon Parker, Chief Sports Writer for the Bradford Telegraph in Argus. It's quite a mouthful. Ahead of Saturday's clash between the Cobbers and the Bantams. How you doing, Simon? You OK? OK. Yeah
4: so it's all getting better
1: all good yeah it's good to have uh, a few old fashioned uh, newspaper titles left like the Telegraph and Argus we've got the Chronicle and Echo here so it's good to see they're still going oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah um yeah I- I'll talk to you a little bit about the you know Bradford and, and Bradford's form because obviously Cobbler's fans are very aware of our form but um Rudford's form, fair to say, not where uh, you know the fans would hope it would be. Fifteenth in the league, and um, you know, coming off the back of a defeat against Bristol Rovers. No, it's been, I mean, as, as a season as a whole, it's been a total write-off. I
4: mean, you know, there a lot of hope going into the season when you know when they brought in Derek Adams, they, they paid good money for to take him off Morecambe. and he literally he, he arrived four days after taking Morecambe off at Wembley. So it was a, it was a real coup, you know, getting a promotion specialist and. And everyone thought, here we go. But it's it's not kicked on at all this season. And, and, and as for form, they took ten points from the first four games of the season. And then from that point on, they didn't win two in a row until, you know, they haven't won two in a row. You know, so it's, it's it's been it's been a long, long, long haul so far. So it's it's it, you know it's one of those where well, I think people just want to start start again. You know, rip this one up, forget it, and move
1: on. So what do you put that? Patchy form down to probably sort of under under underwhelming form down to is it anything you can put your finger on or is it a combination of small things? Well, it's 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 difficult. I mean, if you look at it on, on the
4: on the face of it, the home record is it's awful. They only won four at home. They've drawn so many. I mean, if you go back to when earlier in the season when they were they were getting results without playing particularly well, but they'd create chances and just not take them and there was a run of one-1 draws it became a sort of a standing joke that every game was going to be one one at home yeah and, and most of the time they would score first Be a better team I mean even the north had to go with one one you know that was during that run of draws and there were too many games where they had the opposition you know and on 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 the hook and never finished them off I mean Forrest green they should have beaten them quite comfortably at home and didn't. yeah and it, and it just points and of course it adds up and the more draws you get the you know the, the the less they're worth, isn't it? I think at one stage they had 13 draws in 27 games or 28 games, you know, which was ridiculous. So, it was, it was that one that was holding them back and they just couldn't, they just didn't have a killer touch as a team. I mean, the tactics, the, the, the football that Derek Adams plays, was, was, it's was a, a very functional football but it's been very effective, it's proved very effective with Morecambe in the past and with Plymouth. But, you know, they, they had a goal scorer I and mean, Morecambe had cold Stockton and he's still banging them in now. Yeah. And that's one thing that, that I mean, you you try the science, that stopped you in the summer. And, you know, and, and had they gone in, it could have been a very different story. But, you know, they, they, they didn't really have, they've lacked that cutting edge for much of the season. And it's just sort of become more and more frustrating. And, it, and, it, and after a while, you just sort of got this inevitable feeling. And it was just going to drift into nothingness, which it pretty much did.
1: So... Mark Hughes obviously is just a huge name. Like, uh, uh, but if, even if you got a job in the championship, you'd still be a big name. Or you know, even the Premier League. Um, how did, how did you sort of, did it come about? Do you think it was a, like an April Fool's when it was first mentioned? Or? <laughs> well, it's a crazy one when you, when you, I mean, you know, so you look at his CV. You know, he's a guy who played for Man United, won ridiculous numbers of trophies, won Player of the Year awards, yep. centre. Yeah. Played for Man United. Played for Barcelona. Played Bayern Munich. You know, he's always
4: all his management career charisma in the Premier League. His playing career, barring about six months when he went out with Blackburn, has been all in the Premier League. Mm. And suddenly, you know, a few weeks ago, his first away game was at Forest Green. You know, it's a little, it did take a little bit of, well, it, it, you sort of pinch yourself. I mean, I, I remember getting a sort of sniff from somebody about it, you know, told on the QT and said, whatever you do, do not breathe the word of this. Yep. But you'll never guess who's interested. Yep. and I heard the name and I, just, you know, I, I thought the phone had crackled but I said sorry I misheard you there did you say Mark Hughes he went yeah Mark Hughes and it was like what <laughs> and, but I mean the, the story is actually quite amusing because he he, he he basically wanted to declare his interest so I mean his, his son one of his sons is um, is his agent so his son sent an email to the chief exec basically sort of saying yeah you know Mark Mark Hughes would, would be interesting to talk to you about the, about the you know the of a vacancy and see what, see what comes up but yeah. unfortunately the email went into his spam <laughs> <laughs> he have an issue with the club the email system and so it went to the spam so we didn't see it for about three hours <laughs> a lot of stuff had been disappearing in the spam um the chief except ryan sparks got in the habit of checking it regularly to you know because stuff was going missing and suddenly our boy down's an email and it sort of says, you know on behalf of Mark
1: Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Sorry. God he checked the spam because we all do it, don't we? He wants you to send a
4: of money
1: sort of thing we all check our spam occasionally and there's often there's like the odd email but I'd, I've never had one like where uh, from Mark Hughes obviously so it's a bit of a, no, exactly. a big big one. email that you open
4: for what
1: might happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He probably thought even then it was probably still a, a still a joke but if you sort of like think about the appointment or Mark Hughes's interest he um you know, he probably wants a, a different type of challenge. That a lot of the yeah. the Premier League jobs are hiding to nothing. In that, if you're below that glass ceiling, maybe the big six, maybe the, you know, top eight or something, you're essentially just trying to keep a team in the division. And, and there's exactly. a lot of pressure there's with that. that there, yeah, and he's probably a well, fairly wealthy guy that doesn't necessarily yeah. need the money that much. Say, yeah. So I mean, that, that's the
4: thing. Is it's not here. You know, you, you can't say he's here for the money. Yes, yeah. that's, that's not, certainly not the case. Yeah. You know, I as mean, you say. If, what you like to think is the manager was here for all the right reasons. Mm. You know, he he's got sacked at Southampton end of 2018, December 2018. So he's been out of a job for you know three and a three and a bit years. Yeah. And he's obviously, he's obviously, I think for the first year or so he was quite, he, he, he wanted a break. But then he's been trying to get back in. You know, he's been mentioned a few times, but not sort of really pushing for something. Yeah, uh, and, and I think you probably saw this. I mean, yeah, here's the thing: where you know, one thing we always sort of say when, when you're covering Bradford City is you try not to get big time about it and say, "Oh, look, cause, cause this is what the image other clubs have." Particularly when when you're in League Two, yeah, is that oh, that club thinks they're too big for their boots? You know, that's why they're down there.
0: You know, got a big stadium, a lot of crowds. You know yeah. they think they're better than they are. Yeah, which at the moment the club is better
4: than the team. If you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Club. yeah, obviously it shouldn't be a League Two too. Yeah, but what attracts it to managers and certainly obviously Mark is seeing that is is you know that good old word potential. Yeah I mean, sure. It, there isn't a glass ceiling in terms of oh you might you know say so without disrespecting Morgan Yeah. Morecambe went up to League One which is an unbelievable achievement. Yeah. But you can never see Morecambe ever getting beyond League One. Yeah. Like they stay at League One will be an equally unbelievable achievement. Yeah. With, with Bradford certainly you look at Bradford City and think uh, they're certainly potentially a championship club. Yeah in terms of size mm. I mean obviously the Premier League well, two decades ago but you know so that's not out of the question a million miles away but realistically size of the club they're certainly you know they can certainly compete in the championship mm. so if you're coming in now you're thinking you know yeah if I can get this club going and obviously it's a massive if yeah. then there's that potential to you know snowball and, and perhaps go
0: through League
1: 1 yeah how do you um how do you juxtapose that do you reckon and how how, do you, how is he sort of um try to make sense of stuff. So you've got that, you've got that potential and everything and you've got his illustrious career and then, he, and then he's got the realities of the form. So that defeat to Bristol Rovers. Um, how did he, you know, how did he uh, make, make sense of that after the game? It's obviously well, frustrating been, for been, him. Been, in a
4: way, I don't want to use the phrase "free hit because that sounds a bit patronising, but he came in with, well, he said, this, is, this is a weird age game, so he came in with 13 games of season left. Yeah. And at the time, you know they weren't going to make the playoffs barring a ridiculous run of form that was beyond them, and they weren't going to be dragged into a you know a relegation fight barring a ridiculous run of defeats. That all right, they lost a few on the row at time, but they you know not the sort of run that would plunge them down the table. So so in, in a sense they were a little bit of no man's land, which gave him plenty of time, giving him plenty of time to have a good look at the squad. A lot, I mean, there's 12 senior players out of contract for the summer. And, and, you know, and a couple of lone players here whose contracts are up. So he, he's got a sort of pretty much a blank canvas going into next year. So he got, yeah. he's got a good sort of audition, if you like, for the players who are here now. Yeah. To say, well, You know, you've got long
1: enough. I'm going to be here for 13 games, you know, two or three months. So by the end of that, you can't say I haven't given you a chance. Yeah. If I don't think
4: you're good enough, don't come knocking on my door and say, you know, you know you never saw me play because you'll have seen everyone play
1: yeah so I, I guess from
4: our... so in it way he experiments a little bit with teams and formations just to
0: tinker with things just to try things out just
4: to see how so-and-so gets on yeah I mean like for example there's a winger on loan from Luton Dion Pereira who's, who's come into very good form under Mark Hughes and, but he, he played him as a number 10 centrally against Bristol Rovers just to see how he got on with a bit more freedom in there rather than being on the right hand side where teams can sort of block him off a little bit because he's a threat yeah so well, you know he, he's, he's
1: done a bit of that. So you know I don't. Th- not say he's not bothered about results because of course he is. But I think the bigger picture is having a good look at everybody yeah. and deciding who makes the cut for next year.
4: When you know he's very seriously planning to have, have a you know a real real drive at it.
1: Now, I guess there's a, there's a couple of points there. One is that Saturday's game is like pretty not not a, maybe not a must win for Cobblers, but it's it's quite crucial to our promotion mm-hmm. aspirations. A lot of our fans will be sort of wondering whether that old cliche of for Bradford, nothing to play for, um, at the same time you said that there's obviously players that are trying to play for a contract. How do you yeah. how do you feel that balances out from what you're seeing? Are you, are you seeing a, a real desire to go out and win games from the, the Bradford players? Yeah, I mean
4: the performance levels have, have actually been very, very good to be honest. You know, the, I think players... May have thought before, well, you know, it's not worked out for me, this club, I might look elsewhere, Yeah. I probably think, well, I mean, it's quite cute, you know, I mean, they're all still walking around with stars in their eyes a little bit about having, you know, such an illustrious manager, Yeah. and I think and that that's sort of, brought a, you know, you can see a bounce certainly in performances, I mean, the results, as you say, have been patchy, but, you know, the performance-wise, they're, they're playing a lot better, they're, they're a lot more, I mean, the football's a lot easier on the eye than it has been. Yeah, he, he gets the, he gets them to get the ball down a lot more, pass it a lot more. Yeah, I mean you know so, so it's, it's it's more watchable, which you know from a fan's point of view, when you've got pretty much a dead season, at least yeah. it makes it a bit easier if you've got games that are, you know as suspected. Or, oh, I just enjoyed that match. Yeah, as opposed to you know whatever the score, it doesn't really matter, and the football was rubbish sort of thing. At least you know you're, you're going away thinking, yeah, I enjoyed the way City played today. You know the result didn't work out or. So but you know, we're not going up, not going down, so you know, it was
1: a good day, if you get what I mean. So, yeah, it might be an intriguing, it sounds like an intriguing tussle on Saturday because, on the one hand, you know, as I mentioned, specifically in terms of getting promoted or relegated, Bradford are pretty safe, from either, if you can say that, uh, but at the same time. Like you said, he is trying to find um, places for you know some more creative players and trying to find a little fit. So, Cobblers might find themselves under a, you know a bit of you know mental pressure to to get the result. And it it, it, it might be, God forbid, that Bradford can sort of punish us and just a bit of a, of a freedom to play that Mark Hughes is instilling. Yeah, well, possibly a little bit of a
4: wild card, if you get it. I, mean. I mean. it's been
1: interesting because they've had a run of games against teams at the top, so you've yeah. sort of seen, seen a lot of them. I mean they played Mansfield in his first game and he literally had one training session
4: yeah. and you know they, they, they competed well but they got you know they, they, they man deserved to win that but they, they were very unlucky against Swindon they played very well against Swindon they led and then they, they lost to a 96 penalty it was a bit of a rush of blood from the goalkeeper Yeah, you know, they played a lot better so I mean Port Vale edged them uh, but they the, the, uh, and obviously Bristol Rovers were much better than last week but they went to Forest Green and played you know very comfortably you know, they, they basically had forest green in their pockets. The, the front two never got a sniff. Yeah. And, and you know, it was a sort of complete away performance. So, you know, it's it's very difficult to predict what, what you'll get from from that. <laughs> but you know, there certainly won't be, you know, there won't be flip drops on, you know. Yeah, one on, hour the beach. on the beach. Yeah. It's, it's right. he, he won't allow it. And also, there's so many players playing the futures now. Yeah. Whether it's get a contract here or trying to find some somewhere else. So.
1: Yeah. What's the crack with your sure mid fi- What's the crack with your midfield? Because it's no trade secret that Northampton have got a bit of an injury crisis in midfield or lack of availability in central midfield. So we've got essentially one available uh, central midfielder called Saurabhi. Um, Williams, a uh, still sort of homegrown guy, is is out injured. So we've only got one, and we're talking. There's a lot of talk about who who could be put in there as a makeshift midfielder. Have, have um, Bradford got you know two or three central midfielders they could call on and just sort of over- overwhelm us there? Yeah, they've got
4: quite. A,
5: they've
4: got. They've got a fair amount of choice in there. I mean, now Mister Levi Sutton, who's sort of <laughs> the real, sort of, the, the yeah, you know, the Duracell money, he never stops running. I mean, he, he's currently out injured, so he won't be there. But, but they've got plenty of cover in there. So they've, I mean, they've got Elliot Elliot Watt, who's who's sort of a bit of an enigma with with City fans because he's he's got so much ability and he's he's a young player coming through. They got him from Wolves. Yeah, he's played a lot of games for his age, and and he's now. He, you know, he always plays like the quarterback role, if you get if you know what I mean. He sort of picks his passes, and before under Derek Adams, you know, he looked a bit wasteful at times and a bit lost at times. But he seems to have more purpose about his game now, and he's certainly one that I think uh, you know, City will want to keep for, for next season. And, and he's someone who gets on the ball, and you know, he sort of really flourishing under Hughes. So he sort of tries to dictate things. And then you've got the likes of Callum Cook who can try and get forward. He, and uh, it depends where he plays Dion Pereira. Gareth Evans experience and you know, as plenty of experience knocking about in that midfield. Charles Burnham is another another player who's had injuries but on his days very dangerous player. So, you know, it's there is a threat in that midfield but another that, that's another area that's lacked goals.
1: I mean this team has lacked goals full stop all season and yeah and enough contributor from midfield has been a big factor in that. Same here, we're cobblers of, even though we're at, right up there toward the top, we're our goal scorer, and we've been ma- mainly uh, focusing on our set pieces. The um, oh, that? Yeah. yeah, very good at set pieces. Um, again, no trade secret, uh, Fraser Horsfall, the centre-back is very good, and uh, we've got a guy called Pinnock who whips and deliveries, yeah. and he's, he's really useful as well. But that, I, I am slightly concerned about that central midfield tussle, and we'll see what happens on Saturday. Um, in terms of tactics, you've obviously alluded to been quite fluid at the moment, and she was trying things out. Have you got a, a formation he might play on Saturday, or is it? Well, it does, it does lottery. he does, he does play four at the back. I mean, um, yeah, well, he's not, not never not played four at the back, which is yeah. which Derek hasn't played three at the back quite a bit towards the end, you know,
4: with, with the wing backs. But basically, since Mark Hughes has come in, he's had a back four, so I, I don't expect it to change that. Okay, you know, three, three clean sheets in four before Bristol Rovers, so yeah, so it generally worked pretty well. And then he'll have sort of what in front of the back four, and then it's a case of whether it's a four-two-three-one or a four-three-three. Three, you know, it, it, it's it's sort of quite variable after that, or even a, potentially a four-four-one-one one sort of thing. So.
1: And um, yeah. um, in terms of players to watch, that Luton guy, did you say, is he one to watch?
4: Yeah, the Brewer definitely. I mean, he's you know he, he was the first. But they signed seven players in the window in January. And he was the first one, and instantly got injured. You know, which again <laughs> sort of possibly points the finger at the. Um, the 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 very physical training methods that Derek Adams liked to yeah. you know, he likes his place to run and run and run and run and run yeah you know, and I think that possibly there was a bit of that going in there but but he got injured and it sort of and it reoccurred re- re- so basically the first two months you never saw him you know he was always like you know Lord Luke and people sort of fans wondering where where was he <laughs> but then he, then he got a chance eventually you know Mark Hughes saw him in training so gave him a go his first game was. Uh, was it no, it was it was around the Forest green game he played and you know I think for an hour and he, he came through that alright and then he's gone from strength to strength he scored his first goal last week, and he looks a threat because he's one of these players who, who basically just looks like he's you know he enjoys football I would say that, you know play that playground he gets the ball he takes people on he'll try different things he's got a trick in him you know and he just looks you know he's one of those players who gets the ball and you sort of think oh something's going to happen but <laughs> so, so he's certainly a threat
1: yeah, he um he, he's got a great name as well, Pereira. He just sounds like a Brazilian <laughs> sort of guy. Well, he,
4: played, he, he, he played in um in America in the MLS for a little while. so oh, okay. You know, it's, it's, it's quite an exotic background, but he but he's had injury problems, so he basically he's been restricted. He's not played a lot in the last few years,
1: so this run of games is basically the first run he's had for probably two or three years. So yeah.
4: it's um it's important for him
1: as well. Shows you that Mark Hughes is not just going with um, you know, what, what Adams would have done or whatever. He's just looking at them in training on their merits. And, you uh, he know, he's a, a player with a bit of technique. So he's obviously uh, seen something in him. We'll keep an eye out for him. Um, yeah, we've been talking for a little bit now. Let's, let's wrap up. But we always wrap up with a, a score prediction, which is sort of a bit of anathema, considering you don't score many goals and we don't tend to score many goals. It's leading towards a 0-0 maybe. But um, stick your neck out. What do you reckon the score will be tomorrow, on Saturday?
4: For Forest Greens, I win. 2-0, Rapid
1: City. Okay. I was, I was sort of <laughs> hoping you'd be like, oh, you know, it's going to take so long to gel. This is when I hide into nothing, you know, 3 nil cobblers. Um, <laughs> I've got to be optimistic because we are going for promotion and uh, we're up there for a reason. That midfield battle will be key. And let's see what happens on Saturday. But, yeah, I'm just going to go for... I'm going to go 2-1 cobblers. But... um. Yeah, yeah yeah well, we'll take it we'll take it but yeah I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we do get beaten and we talked about it on, on, on our podcast so I'm sort of quite philosophical if we don't go up this year because it's been a building season for us anyway and uh, yeah. sometimes it's good just to uh, keep your squad together and just go again so um, we'll see what happens but uh, I take it you're coming down on Saturday are you?
4: Certainly will be we for I've actually got a very good record
1: down there. Won the last four the league visits, so... Ah, oh, thanks for telling me that. Actually. <laughs> where are you from? You don't sound like uh, you're from, from Bradford. Where, where are you from yourself? I'm oh, from Portsmouth. Ah, oh, OK. Fred fair dues. So uh, you're going from one end of the country to the other, really. Went <laughs> for Premier League football. Oh. <laughs> I look, that's funny how it turns out. Anyway, you, you, who knows? Maybe in a few years we'll be back in the Premier League. But thanks for taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciate it. And it's been um, really interesting. Thanks a lot. No worries, cheers, thanks so much. <laughs> Let's move on quickly. We've just got one little tiny feature before we finish. We've been chatting for quite a while. Uh, Brendan Walsh, our uh, regular um, guy on our podcast, has got his stag doing next month or so. And um, just in honour of that, we're going to um, ask quickly, what cobbler's players would you like to go on a stag do with, past or present? Um, has anyone got anyone they can think of?
5: Yeah, I've got oh, a couple,
1: oh. I've got a couple. Go on then. We'll go Ian first.
5: Well, just. I went for a few, um, a few beers the other night, and I'm getting to that age now where I had like I don't know. I've had quite a few actually, but I was hungover for about a week <laughs> afterwards. Never mind a two-day hangover. It was like a seven-day hangover. I'm only just recovering now. Um, so I think now I am slowly turning. Not slowly. I am now the old guy on um, stag do. So. I'd quite like someone intellectual so whatever we're city we're in you know Prague Budapest wherever I'll I'll go out with someone like I don't know someone intellectual Clark Carlisle or Tom Youngs the older guys I think I think Clark Carlisle. I think I'd get on with him I remember him complaining when to when he was at the Cobblers at the end of his career he was he was upset that none of the young players even knew what WizBit was so I think I think I'd, I'd have a lot
0: <laughs> I'd have a lot in common with
5: him. We could we could walk around, you know, the cultural <laughs> h- highlights of, of whatever city we're in, and, and take them in. Or Tom Young discuss great literature, because obviously he was the club re- reading champion. Yeah. So yeah, I'd go for those guys. No, I'm not 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 so much your, your party animals, who I'm sure will come up um, from the rest of you guys. But, but Carlisle
1: Ian, are you really saying that he was upset that the players didn't know who Wisbit was? That actually came out of his mouth.
5: I'm sure i saw that on on Twitter he used to, he's not on social media anymore is he but I'm sure he said that i'm sure he said he was he knew he was, because if he was you know he was what late 30s wasn't he when he was playing for us yeah. i'm sure he he said that probably like that ha ha this away ha ha that away. he probably <laughs> said that when they're doing the warm <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs>
1: No, uh, maybe that's what sort of like, yeah, him <laughs> more football at the end of his career. He was just like, what about wisdom, lads, in the dressing room? And he just realised his time was over and no one... But this is the, this the thing, like, it's just the thing. When you're like, you know, you see people like Peter
5: Stringfellow, he was used to being in the news, didn't he? When he, you know, he was in his whatever he was, 50s. and you know, He's his latest girlfriend, some girl in her early 20s. I think, you know, I'm, I'm 43 you now. If I if I um, had, like, a young girlfriend like that, she's not going to understand any of my references to, like, Grange Hill, or classic EastEnders or anything like that. Do you know what
1: I mean? What's the what's the point of reference for your conversations going to be? Exactly. Like when we went to the pub that time and we talked for quite a few hours about uh, minor characters in Prisoner Cell Block H. You would never get that with a young, you know, scorcher, <laughs> would you? <laughs> exactly. you miss out on that. But yeah, yeah, I think um, yeah, he sounds like a good a good one. Um, what about you, Martin? Who would you take on this uh, imaginary stag do? Well, you see, I'm I'm a little troubled
6: because I can't envision this. This stag doing getting and getting get a cab. So I've got a, a few lads in mind. I'm thinking there's Trevor Quo, <laughs> there's Paul Culpin, there's Steve Berry, and I can't remember who the other one was.
1: Nice. What I reckon we'd be quite lively by the time we arrived. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna you have to tell your um Steve Berry uh, cherry story to uh, Steve oh. Berry.
6: Not the County away. <laughs> I still swear, I mean, I've got to check back and see if it actually happened in the stats. Yes. <laughs> but I swear blind, it was a game we lost 3-1 three, three, up at Meadow Lane. But Steve Berry took a corner and Steve Terry headed it past Steve Cherry. But <laughs> 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 <Yeah, that's laughs> I swear else. that happened.
1: Steve Terry would have to wear his headband the whole night on a D, uh, But yeah, that's sounds like a lively one. Um, what well, that's about, a really you know, niche bit of trivia? I don't think we should um underestimate that. That's a brilliant <laughs> well, bit of trivia.
3: Only,
6: it's only interesting, if it's true. And I, I'm I, in my head, I was there and it had, I was definitely there for that game. And I'm certain right at the time, I'm like, I've got my program in front of me being a bit younger, and it's like well, it's, diffi- it's difficult
3: to fight through the, the noise these days, but don't they get. The Guardian have that thing, don't they? The knowledge or whatever. That's where you probably can... probably where I might need to go for it. Do you know what I mean? I, I reckon true. you would get an answer to that because that is a genuinely fascinating <laughs> question. Stroke putting yeah, mean, trivia,
6: if it turns out to be true. I mean, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm obviously unfamiliar with these far left publications such as The Guardian. <laughs> 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 I think it's true, Martin.
1: I swear it's true. It just uh, sounds if like it's not could... true. It ought to have been. Exactly. It's definitely yeah, I want true. it to uh,
3: be true. In fact, don't
1: do it. Just hold it. It it happened. I'm surprised, uh, my What
3: anyone say. said, it happened.
1: Fine. I'm surprised you didn't say um, Barry Richardson, because obviously you've got experience with him on a night out um, proposing to his missus in 40s. So that he would have oh, been... yeah, that, that, that was a thing.
6: That was a thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Andy, what about you? Who would you go uh, take on this uh, stag do? Cobblers.
3: Um... I guess it depends um, sort of what you want, really. Um, you know there's a guy who is a bit of a legend for the cobblers up front, naming no names. Um, but I've heard some stories <laughs> and probably for the um, you know for the nightlife element of the stag dude, he would be he would be a man. Um, yep. later to, to move on to the coaching staff. Um, again, you know,. Um, I'm gonna leave it there, but um, <laughs> yeah, for for the general roister doisterness of it, you're probably looking at him. But for like Ian said, I'm getting to that age now. I'm like, yeah, I know what you mean. I feel the same. Someone like probably Ian Sampson, Samo, just to Sammo. just to basically nurse his pint, and <laughs> I, you know, I get the A idea that he would of- he, that he would just be in control. He'd just yeah, be amongst the madness. Where's so and so? without you know without being overly fatherly, he would just be he'd just be in control of the whole thing someone's fucked up over there, someone's falling in their own puke Samo would be lifting you up, dusting you down, putting you in a cab, sending you back all the time just, you know, taking it all in and having a good time himself
1: Yeah, Samo was good at that wasn't he, as a manager, at sort of getting the best out of a bad situation And uh, Sensible, sort of did that, sensible guy to have on a sag do I reckon Very, very good answer Um
2: Jeff, what about you, buddy? Well, I was actually going to say Samo as well because oh, he, really? I, I'm confident that he'd be able to drink, uh, keep pace with the drinking, yeah, um, and also, you know, solid, dependable, as everyone said, steady hand on the tiller. If there yeah. was a dispute with a taxi driver over the <laughs> fare, he would, he would very quickly silence a taxi driver. Wouldn't he big lad can look after himself. Yeah, Sam, Samo's your man. So he would be my pick. Yeah. But just to say, I was um. I did one of the pre-season tours. It was when they went to Scotland. I think it was like my last summer of covering them, and all the players all met in the departure lounge. At, I think it was Birmingham, and um, like they all sort of all arrived in like ones and twos and stuff. And it was like this group of like twenty blokes all in their twenties. I was about thirty-eight by the time that time. So I was like one of the old. Me and Matt Duke were there, like the two el- eldest people there, and. Um, that every single one of them, so it's like a group of young lads and they're all like quite you know they're all quite fit looking and like tight t-shirts and all that all that good stuff shiny white trainers and headphones and and um no, no one had a drop of alcohol in front of them it was all costas or whatever and i just thought this looks like the shittiest stag do ever <laughs> this is like 20 young guys have met at the airport to go away for you know day Stag or whatever it is. It's like four <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon and not one of them is drinking. It's like what must this have looked like to outsiders? <laughs> um, Terrible. So yeah, that's that's my kind of do memory. But yeah, another another vote for Samo from
1: me, definitely. I thought you might have gone for a Matthew Rush, Jeff.
2: Well, I mean yeah, he he would have just been brilliant at everything, though, wouldn't he? And and not cared about it, you know. Like, a, yeah. you do the um the clay pigeon shooting or whatever, all these nonsense go karting things people do on stag do's, and he yeah. he'd just win all of them, but then just wouldn't care about it and and never do it ever again. And uh, yeah, I'd just be in awe of the man. Basically. Matthew Rush
1: would be like, I haven't got a, a driving license, but I'll just thrash you at go karting. Yeah, just, yeah. I just yeah. I just do it. I I just got that thing, and also when you. When you start talking about football, he would just, he would just not, he not get involved with he? it. just thing. fall
2: asleep. Yeah. Especially if it was me talking to him about football, he would just, he would, would fall asleep, yeah.
1: He'd be just trying to get onto to surrealist uh, literature and uh, architecture and <laughs> like some real, some real work uh, conversations. <laughs> yeah, so I had, I had him on Matthew Rush. I'm going to build up to my ultimate one. Alistair Slow. Oh. quite an interesting fellow to have on. You will need a bit of a whipping boy, so he'd be the uh, whipping boy. Quite interesting. We can ask him finally how the hell he ended up signing for Cobblers when we get pissed. So that's a good one. Um, <laughs> F and E lad, because sartorially and skillfully, you know, just would oh, just raise we just it. You just need to say because. Yeah, because, because, because. Yeah, definitely. And we uh, get him to wear that new coat, uh, that jacket that Ian suggested. To get him to wear that, and then the ultimate one. It wouldn't end prettily would it jeff with um kevin thornton
2: well this know? is the thing you, i was thinking along those lines and if you're if you if you're taking people like that or you know john johnson or other, there have been others it, you you're just basically accepting that there is going to be total chaos yes and, and that is what a lot of people do want on a stack do yeah So someone like thornton would be exactly your man for that wouldn't
1: they yeah like if you have a like um, a five side like just a bit of a laugh of a five side he'd just be able to produce the goods after you know 25 yeah. pints of beer so <laughs> Kevin Thornton if you're listening mate yeah you'll want your miss to but um, yeah that we've been talking for quite a while well, now let's um, wrap up um, I'm just going to go and research the Chronicle and Leco fantasy football because it just sounds the best thing ever yeah um, <laughs>
6: That, that and Steve Ferry's
1: goal at Knox County. Oh, sorry, Steve
6: Terry's goal at Knox County, circa 1995.
1: All right, then, boys, let's uh, let's wrap it up for the night. We're all going to go to the Cron archives next week and try and search this game out. But uh, thanks for talking, and we'll um, talk again, hopefully awesome. at least Good once. Cheers, everybody. Before the end of the season. Well, cheers, take guys.
6: Take it easy. See you, boys. Bye.